0: Hi everyone, good to see you guys, good afternoon. Um, Today is the last day we'll be studying uh, the book of Philippians. So if you have your Bibles with you, please turn with me to Philippians chapter 4, uh, verses 14 through 23. Philippians 4. 14 through 23 says, yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. You Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into even in Thessalonica. You sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift. But I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full, full payment and more. I'm well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory. In Christ Jesus, to our God and Father, be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. There is the word of the Lord. Uh, Please uh, bow your heads with me and... Let's pray together before we go into the time of the word. Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for uh, being present in our lives as well as in the life of our church. That you are with us. Uh, What comforting thought that is, Lord. That you walk with us even when we go through the valley of shadow of death you will not depart from us. You will comfort us. You will always walk with us and encourage us. So with that assurance, we come to you, knowing that you are present here with us and and are willing to speak to us through your word. So, prepare our hearts, God. Uh, Please soften our hearts in any way possible so that we can be attentive to your word, and please use me as your unworthy, unworthy servant to speak your word clearly so that only your word, only your name, only your um, uh, glorious self may be glorified and uh, paid attention to during this time come. Well, thank you for uh, this time together. friends. Jesus' name. Amen. And we say, God bless you, Uh, probably often when somebody sneezes, right? And I think that's a cool thing that we can bless one another that way. But today, I want us to uh, be invited to see what God's blessings really look like and uh, what God's blessings can uh, do to us, to empower us to do many unimaginable things. And so today's sermon title is Blessings. And there are three points that I want to share with you according to the text. Uh, first point is Blessings Shared. Second, Blessings Supplied. And third, Blessings Expressed. First, Blessings Shared. Uh, just want to do a quick, quick recap. Uh, we saw last week that Paul was overjoyed uh, because he received the, the monetary gift from Philippians through Epaphroditus. But then he immediately made a disclaimer saying, hey, I'm actually content. I don't need money. And he did that because he didn't want people to misunderstand that he was money hungry. But in today's passage, he's going to come back to the topic of the gift. And he doesn't want to convey to the Philippians that he is thankful for Their generosity. So we see in verse fourteen, he says, "Yet though I'm content without the money, it was kind of you to share my trouble." So Paul is thankful for the Philippians because, you know, by sending him the gift, they were identifying with Paul. They were not forgetting about Paul. They were not ashamed of Paul, even though he's in prison right now, and they're willing to go with Paul wherever. Uh, The gospel road leads. In fact, this attitude of support that Philippians uh, is showing in this verse is something that has been typical of their attitude. So we look at verse 15. It says, And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Here's just a background. Uh, Paul had come to the Roman province of Macedonia uh, in which Philippi Philippi was located. And and Paul preached the gospel and he established, planted different churches in different cities. And when he was leaving the province to go to different regions and and he was in dire need, only uh, the church of Philippi came to his side and became his financial supporter. And verse 16, and it says, Even in Thessalonica, which is also in Macedonia, you send me help for my needs once and again. We see in Acts 17 that Paul was mistreated and persecuted in the city of Thessalonica. And while he was in trouble there, uh, Philippi- Philippians still, uh, even then, sent him gifts to care for his needs. And they apparently did this for multiple times. So all that to say, here we have a church that is very generous, uh, very sacrificial and loyal to Apostle Paul and his ministry through thick and thin. And they, you know, came out of their comfort zone, and they went out of their way to care for and share their blessings with their beloved Apostle. Uh, Jennifer Wilson said, A messy house is a must. It separates your true friends from other friends. Real friends are there to visit you, not your house. The Philippians were indeed true friends for Paul, right? They, even though, so to speak, Paul's house was messy, uh, they kept visiting him, they kept supporting him, even through trials and, you know, now being in prison, they boldly supported their apostle. Here, they're not just doing that out of their own volition. They are really imitating the Lord, Jesus, because, like we sang in the songs earlier, uh, Jesus would never leave us. He would especially be present with us in our lows to encourage us, and got us into the right direction. And Philippians were trying to imitate that, and that was a blessing to Paul. And before we move on, as we look at the example of the Philippians, a good question that we can ask ourselves is, am I, are we good friends? Meaning, do I stay and offer support and encouragement with my friends who may be going through hard times? Or do I try to stay comfortable and um, try to look the other way? Um, In other words, do I show Christ-likeness to people around me? I think that's a dire question because of, again, pandemic. People are isolated. Do Christians, do Christ followers exemplify Christ-likeness? And here I just want to make sure that this does not mean that we blindly support our friends. Uh, it just means that you know we can't call them out when they are wrong, but presence is what the Philippians are exemplifying for us. So blessings shared by the Philippians to Paul. Second, blessings supplied. So now we get to see that there is a bigger reality going on in Philippians' boldness. So we look at Verse 17, Paul says, Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. So here Paul is again making a disclaimer. Uh, lest people think that his in it for money. Like, oh yeah, I'm just so thankful for you, Philippians, for giving me gift on and on. But he's saying, no, no, I'm not saying that, not that. But then he says, it's actually for your benefit that you give. Your gifts. Uh, if you have a ESV Bible with you, uh, you will see that there's a footnote on this verse. Uh, that the words "the fruit that increases to your credit" can be translated as uh, "the profit that accrues to your account." What that means is that when the Philippians give, they actually gain in their, you know, spiritual bank account. So now the question is. What does that mean? What, what's Paul trying to say here? And Paul explains what he means in the next two verses. And verse 18, he says, I have received full, of, full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. So Paul again acknowledges that uh, he received more than enough from uh, the Philippians. So this is definitely a transaction between the two human parties. But then look at these last few uh, words that he uses in this verse. He says, fragrant offering. Uh, It's a deep concept that's going on here. So please follow with me. He says, fragrant offering. Uh, The words are from the Old Testament. It describes God accepting and even like human smelling. The, the sacrifice in acceptance. And then he also says it's a sacrifice acceptable pleasing to God. Same concept. He's God is approving of the offering that the worshippers were giving in the Old Testament. So here what Paul is doing is, you know, between this, this trend the in the transaction between the two human parties, Paul is bringing God into the equation and telling us that God is the ultimate recipient of Paul's gifts. And he says that God indeed accepted and enjoyed. He smelled it and he liked the aroma of their offerings. So now, please bear with me as I try to help you understand why Paul's using this sacrificial language. So follow with me. In Old Testament times, uh, people offered sacrifices in in the temple, uh, but then they all knew that the blood of animals can never uh, take away their sins, and, and these offerings by animals can never please God. Only the perfect sacrifice of the Son of God, Jesus, on the altar of the cross, can satisfy the wrath of God In other words, only this sacrifice by Jesus smelled good to God in the ultimate sense. And now in light of this perfect sacrifice, the New Testament said in in Romans 12.1 says, For those who are in Christ, now their whole life, no more temple, their whole life, whatever they do for God is acceptable sacrifice. God is pleased by it, meaning because the blood of Christ perfectly cleanses all our impurities. Whatever we do in faith to God is a pleasing aroma to God. And Paul is saying what Philippians did to support Paul is that kind of offering that God was happy about. And now, in verse 19, he says, And my God will supply every need of yours according to the Riches in glory in Christ Jesus. So, in response to the Philippians' fragrant offerings, God will supply every need of theirs. And when he says every need, it of course includes their material needs, mental, emotional, and spiritual needs. And this is in the context of the Philippians giving offerings to God. So, what Paul is saying here is that. God will richly supply whatever the Philippians need so that they can continue to live for God and bring a fragrant aroma to God. Not just, you know, whatever they want or whatever they desire to please themselves, but in the context of pleasing God, whatever they need, God will give it to them. And now, if you're following me so far, Let's go back to our original question. What does it mean that when the Philippines give, they they will gain more in their bank account? What that means is that the more they give to Paul or do anything in honor of God, what? God's going to bless them. God's going to supply all their needs. Again, material, spiritual, emotional, whatever they need in order to give Paul more, do other great things for the Lord. And then, once they do that, God's going to bless them even more so that, what? Again, they can give more. And then, God's going to bless them even more. You see the cycle. God's going to bless more and more so that the Philippians and all Christ followers can glorify God through whatever they do in their lives. And this account, this, this capacity to have God's blessing will increase until it becomes full in heaven. There's a story about uh, George Mueller, uh, who was a German missionary in England, uh, who was also an orphanage director there in 1800s. One day, him and his 300 orphans were in the cafeteria uh, for breakfast, and, and the problem was they had no food. They're, they're poor, and, uh, but they still prayed the prayer of thanks for food that didn't exist at the time. But apparently, within a few minutes, uh, a baker showed up with uh, three batches of bread. What happened was uh, the, the baker couldn't sleep the night before, and, and he thought he would bake some bread, thinking that the, the orphanage would use it. And shortly afterwards, the town's milkman, milk delivery man, uh, he showed up with milk. Uh, apparently his car had somehow broke down in front of the orphanage and, and he had no other means to move it So he and he didn't want the milk to spoil obviously so he brought the milk to orphanage for them to use it. A true story. And, and now this is a clear example of that provision. God supplied the need of George Mueller and the orphanage so that he can continue to do the ministry. But beyond that, you see, God was blessing Mueller's heart. He was enlarging his heart to believe in God's heart more uh, so that he can do the work of ministry in the orphanage and in the gospel ministry elsewhere with more confidence. And also God was enlarging the hearts of the baker and the, the milk delivery guy Having seen what God can do to use them, and now they're more confident in their hearts to trust God, to do do more ministry, do more service for God's kingdom. God blesses, God supplies everything we need so we can do more for Him. And a good question we can ask at this point is in what areas of my life and your life do I need to perhaps? Step out of my comfort zone. Uh, step out of my comfort zone and and give and serve more, trusting that God will provide anything and everything I need to serve Him. Maybe for some of us, like the example of Philippians, we may need to steward our money better, so we can serve others. Use it to serve others more than we simply use it to entertain ourselves alone. And for others of us, we might need to offer our time. That's another resource that we can give. Uh, Give our time to serve others and build relationships that's meaningful rather than using it just to please ourselves again. And lastly, for others of us, it may just need simply to share the gospel, as terrifying as that sounds, with the non-believers in our lives. Let me just share a quick story about that uh, from my life. Um, When I was in seminary in in Illinois, um, me and some of my buddies at the time, we went to this conference in which uh, Pastor Francis Chan, some of you might know, uh, he was a speaker there, and he was speaking about evangelism. And uh, I mean, his his messages are pretty, pretty rebuking a lot of times, and that's what happened. You know when we heard the message we were like so rebuked by our lack of evangelism. so we we're like, okay, let's do something. But then I realized you know being in seminary, we see only Christians. We realized we just go to school in the morning, we stay on campus all day and come home at night. And like one of us were saying like, man, I'm sick of seeing Christians alone every day. So what we decided to do was, uh, during a lunchtime the next day, we decided to go out to a uh, shopping mall uh, nearby and just talk to random people. And that's what we did. We went to the food court in the uh, rather big shopping mall nearby, and and we just start started talking with uh, just random strangers about like just any conversations, and eventually just talking about the gospel, if possible. And for me. I sat down with uh, this gentleman named Robert, and uh, he was reading a book about UFOs, and uh, and our conversation was all about UFOs and aliens. And he tried really hard to persuade me to believe in all these things, and and I was like, "Oh man, it's a little hopeless here." Uh, but we continued, and eventually, he shared a little more personal with me, and he shared about. You know, his family and some of the troubles that he was experiencing at the time. And uh, so at the end, I shared the gospel hope with them a little bit. And I also invited him to come to my church at the time in Illinois.
1: But again, in the back of
0: my mind, I was like, this is hopeless. (laughs) It's not going to work. And then I shared with my small group at the time, some small group members, and, you know, I asked them to pray. Again, I was praying, but in the back of my mind, I was like, man, UFOs and aliens how, how, how do that drive with the, the gospel? How, how's it gonna work? But then, you know, you of little faith to me, the next day, uh, next Sunday, the following Sunday, lo and behold, Robert was there, all cleaned up. Like the other day, he was like all wearing, you know, like sweatshirt and pants or whatever, but he cleaned up and he later told me that he wanted to look good for God. <laughs> And he was like dressed up and you know, he, he just combed, put back his hair and everything. And he was earnest about encountering God because he knew his life was broken. And then I was like, I had my mouth open, literally, I was like so surprised to see him there. And and some of my small group members saw me and, and they're like, Is that Robert? I was like, Yeah. And we're like, Oh, blessed. And we're like, Prayer worked. And, uh, and the rest of his history like uh, he, he came out several times and such a blessing to seeing how God answers prayers and he supplied courage to me that, that I didn't have before although I was not believing the whole time right I was just like man this is hopeless but God still used me and later on like me and the small members we just kept talking about how just blessed how blessed we were just seeing God working like that. But that is what God does when we step out in faith and try to serve God in any way possible. God provides the courage. God provides the opportunities. God provides the larger heart to do his will. It's all God's supply of blessing. And that's what God is calling us to do. Blessings supplied. And lastly, blessings Expressed, Verse 20. It says, To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Short answer read right there. Basically, it's, uh, you know, doxology, which is praise of God. And that's how Paul ends uh, this body part of the letter. That's how he essentially ends this book of uh, Philippians. But now this praise does not happen in a vacuum, does it? Because so far we talked about what? God's supply of blessings and you know, how he's actually a father, like he says in, in this verse. He's a father that cares about his children. So he would, of course, provide his children with all the blessings in the world for them to do his will. And he probably also thought about the sacrifice of Jesus Christ that made all of our sacrifices possible, meaning He thought about all the blessings and provisions of God, and that made God uh, made Paul not con- be able to contain his emotion, and he's now exploding now in-, in praise and worshiping God because he was astonished. But now, in order for him to praise God. One thing that he should avoid is what? The thought that he doesn't need God, right? Just just think with me. Even in our lives, it's true. When we start thinking that we can somehow accomplish things with our own strength, that's when everything goes down. There's no more praise. Why? Because we point the glory to ourselves. It's our strength and our devices, our strategies that made X, Y, and Z possible. Meaning, humility is a prerequisite of us experiencing God's blessings. It's as simple as that, but it's so crucial and so easy to forget. Without humility, we cannot experience God's blessings. We cannot praise God. There's a story in the book of Daniel about King Nebuchadnezzar. If you know the story where, you know, one day the king looked around at his kingdom, and he liked it, and he, it, the text says he ascribed glory to himself. And then, the, the next thing goes, God drove him out of the castle, and he became insane, and he started acting like an animal, eating grass, and um, and his hair and his fingernails grew like animals. It's all a humiliation for this king. But when God had mercy on Nebuchadnezzar, his sanity came back and he wrote this amazing piece of poem in Daniel 3 and 4. And there he gave gave God the honor and glory. And then, right then, he was restored to his kingdom and all his blessings came back. Again, same concept, simple, but important. In order for us to experience God's provision and praise God, humility is the key. Pride and self-dependency will have to go. Without that, no blessing. And I thought that would be a very fitting point for us to end this letter and the sermon. And for us, our church right now, and I thought about this as I was preparing this point, how without humility, without us acknowledging our need for God, there will be no progress. Because, as most of us know, our church is in transition. A lot of things happening and, and a lot of things that we have to heal from and also soberly examine our, our church and grow in our weaknesses, In this state, I think, first of all, what's tremendously blessing and encouraging is that God is so willing to encourage and bless and shower us with uh, all the provisions in the world to love us and to propel us forward. We are His church. We are His people. He will bless us. You know, there's a story, there's a parable of talents and you know, there are three people, three servants, and two of them, they did their work. But then the, the last one, he thought, he, he, his excuse of not doing any work for God was that he thought God was a harsh God. And he didn't do anything. Meaning, I think oftentimes we can see God as stingy and we have to like work hard to gain his approval or something like that. But well, the truth of the matter is God is a good God. He wants to bless us. He wants to make us do well. He wants CLC to be healthy. And our job, again, is humility. Can we, and, and I'm really telling myself the most, I know how proud I am. And I, I know how reliant I am on you know, strategies and, and plans. I need to humble myself. And I'm encouraging all of us to do the same so that we seek God and His blessings and His provision so that hopefully, maybe five years from now, as we look back at the season of our church, may we get to say, man, all glory to God because it was all His work and provision and we relied on God and He got us through that period of our church history or our church time. And may, we got to say with Paul, Amen and Amen. May all the glory go go to God because we rely on God and His provision. Let's pray together. Let's take some time um, revisiting the passage that we just looked at. I think this is a very simple passage. Again, God wants to bless us. He will provide anything and everything we need to do His will. The question is: Can we ask? Can we desire? Can we uh, combat our prideful hearts? my prideful heart to rely on myself and doubt or feel illegitimately confident when I should be devastated to the point that all I can do is rely on God. So could we just perhaps enjoy without anything else Before we go any further, just enjoy the truth of the fact that God wants to bless us. He's not a harsh God. He's not a stingy God. His aim is blessing His people. He loves each one of us. He's so good to us. Let's cherish that right now. Let's uh, savor that together will sing the song, savoring even more. So our hearts may change and be open to this reality of God's goodness and blessings. Let's pray together. Let's pray together. Um, just want to invite us uh, right now to uh, take our eyes off of ourselves. Um, that is really a good definition of humility. It's not just about subjugating ourselves or kneeling down, That which is true, but in essence, in humility, we take our eyes off of ourselves and look to God. It's all about God. It's all about what He does, not about what we do. But we do things because God empowers us. But ultimately, it's up to God So in our troubles individually and as a church, can we look to God right now? So let's lift up some prayers here. I just want to invite us to uh, just pray for any of your needs right now, whatever they they may be, in your jobs, in your uh, relationships, families. What are your needs? Let's bring up to God. So let's just spend some time right now in in prayer. Uh, Let me just give us at least one minute uh, to do that. Uh, So let's pray together. As you do that, um, can I also ask you to pray for our church uh, that God would work powerfully um, in our church right now to heal, uh, to mend, and to strengthen us, to give us power to uh, really be honest with our mistakes and our sins, as well as counting the blessings of uh, you know, how God has blessed our church in the areas that we can thank God for. But all in all, again, let's take our eyes off of ourselves and uh, let's pray to God that He is, um, according to His riches, will bless us and provide everything we need as a church to uh, move forward in faith. Let's lift up our church together in prayer. Let's pray. Let's pray together. Uh, Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for the privilege that we have in Christ that uh, we can approach you, approach your throne of grace anytime, at any moment, especially when uh, our hearts are aching. And just be blessed and be supplied of all we need to please you and to do uh, what's right for your kingdom and even for our hearts too. So strengthen our hearts, God, in order for us to be more humble, to uh, see your glory more and our sins and inadequacies and pride less so we can uh, cast our anxieties and burdens onto you and know that you care for us. Uh, Thank you, God, that we can have your blessings and you are good to us every single moment. Let's uh, end our time with the Lord's Prayer together.